and welcome back to Say Something Interesting, the um, follow-up podcast here at East Lake Tri-Cities. Um, here with you today, it's Mallory doing the opener for the first time. Yeah, so she did a great job. Just jumped right in. Her and face is so red I'm right now. I'm so red. I'm so embarrassed, <laughs> but I did it. And here with me today is our teaching pastor, Brent. Hi, guys. Ah, so we're excited to follow up um, from the sermon on Sunday. It was the fifth. Right, the yep. fifth, five, five of six, yeah. Of just this once. That's exactly right, and it also represented uh, the first week of Alex back at work and Mallory yes. doing single parenting during the yep. day. And which we we survived. Yesterday was the first day, right? Yes. Yeah. And we survived when Alex got home. He was in his typical. He's very different for me. When he gets home, he needs like thirty minutes to like. He's been around people all day, and I've been around little children. So like, all I want to do is talk and tell them all about the day and you know all he wants to do is play with kids or just not talk yeah yeah (laughs) yeah just just not talk or just go so we went for a walk and that was good because i love going for walks but i can't walk our dog and our two kids right now he's just pulls a little much so that's what i said i'm like okay let's go for a walk and we debriefed the day and i survived yeah that's awesome that's awesome we uh we uh, had had a great weekend. Had a little board retreat up in Chelan this last weekend, uh, so got a chance to get away with the team. And have you, uh, when was the last time you were Chelan? Uh, a while, but my family actually. So my family's from East Menachee. I did grow up in Leavenworth for a bit, uh, but my family has orchards in Chelan. So family reunions, those type of things, are in Chelan. But I haven't been there for a long time. Yeah. It was kind of like a cool high school college hangout. Um, in the summer, I think it's been three years. I went for a friend's birthday, stayed at Campbell's. I don't know where you guys stayed. See, uh, we so when I when we lived in Seattle, Chelan was where all the rich people hung out in the summer. Definitely, uh, they all had a, like a oh, we have a chalet in Chelan. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and I I haven't been to Chelan in I don't know, man, fifteen years, ten years. I I, I don't remember. Hardly driving up the freeway with the beach on the left hand side, driving into kind of the downtown. I was like, I vaguely remember this. This is what like a piece, Mm -hmm. just the visual, like slide waters on the right and like all that kind of stuff. Uh, But had not been there for a while. Uh, but uh, it was cool. The, the views were amazing. Uh, the mountains, uh, like in the distance, had snow, like snow all over them. Um, so like the the view from our, our back patio was amazing. Somebody in the church has got a house up there, like a family house that they share with brothers and sisters and stuff like that. And uh, so they let us crash there, and, and it was it was amazing. It was just a great time to get away and dream a little bit. Kylie and I uh, took the afternoon on Friday and went to Leavenworth, your old stomping oh, grounds. Oh, cool. And I uh, walked the little downtown area. It's nice. Oktoberfest, so they had all their booths out. It wasn't open because they only do it at night, I think, or something like that. But still got to be able to go and walk through all the different shops and have a good time. And uh, it's fun. I love Leavenworth. I mean, it's you can linger for a couple hours and just, you know, just time flies by. And Yeah, whatever. It's good. Great. Do you miss Leavenworth? I do. But what with Chelan and the difference in Leavenworth, they were like high school rivals. But one thing I love about Chelan that's a little bit than Leavenworth is Chelan hasn't changed really in the last yeah. 20 years. Leavenworth's gotten a little bit more uh, just heavy, heavy tourists. And so it's changed since I've grown up there a lot. But I miss it in the sense that I love to just get up and walk around and the outdoors are nice. And But I don't. Like I probably haven't ever been to an Oktoberfest since I was in college. Yeah, well, like that. But but the fall is beautiful in um, Leavenworth. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I we we that. drove up the Gorge Way, so Vantage oh, Freeway, and perfect. then up through the Gorge, just a little bit longer. But oh my gosh, you guys, mm-hmm. the views are just like I just imagine trying to like if, if somebody came from like Texas. 
right? And they, they've lived their entire life in Texas, and, and they're like, so what's the, what's the big deal about the Pacific Northwest? I'd be like, let's go on a little road trip to Wenatchee, right. and we'll go through the gorge. And you're just like, ah, this feels like a movie. <laughs> like, this is, it's unbelievable, the, yes. the landscape. I, you forget. And it was just a perfect day to do the traveling. It was, it was just, you could see forever. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it was super cool. We, we super enjoyed it. And I, and I forget that, like, I don't know, I, I, we played golf. I played golf in Wenatchee earlier this summer, and I, I looked at it, and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever live in Wenatchee. It feels a little bit like it's smaller than Tri-Cities for sure, yes. like um, significantly smaller. And it's, it's like it was always – it was up on the ridge. It was super windy. And uh, But then I realized, like, you've got Chelan half an hour away. You've got Leavenworth a half an hour away. Like, I get – And Seattle. And Seattle is only, oh, what, two close. hours? Yeah. Yes. And, and Stevens Pass. It, it, it'd be cool. I mean, I don't know. I could see East Lake Wenatchee happening, guys. Who oh, wants to, not, I'd not be me, down. But like, you I'd know, be down. Exactly, right? <laughs> right. So our parents sold. It was a very sad day in our house. Our parents sold our, like – house that we lived in about four months ago it was just way too hard it was a huge house way too hard for them to maintain renters and so now they're on the hunt for a place either in east wenatchee wenatchee or leavenworth and all the kids of course are pulling for leavenworth but my dad grew up in east wenatchee so he's pulling for east wenatchee but that that's what we begged our parents they're like what do you guys need from us we're like just a place for us all to be able to come in that area. That's yeah. all we want. You don't have to buy our kids any gifts. You don't have to yeah. do any, like, just be around our kids and have a place that we can all come and yeah. be close to the Valley area. Yeah, it, it's cool. I wish it was an hour closer. But I, I say that a lot about, about a lot of things right now. Like, well, Leavenworth, getting to Leavenworth is harder than yes. Wenatchee. Yes. Like, if just to Wenatchee, it's almost exactly two hours right. from here. But to Chelan and Leavenworth in the winter is brutal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's, Did your kids come with you guys? No, no. Oh, no nice. No, just us. Just oh, walking nice. around. We so popped no in all the kids. shops that you're just too afraid to go into with kids, <laughs> which uh, is pretty much every shop. Every in Every shop in Lovemore. <laughs> uh, we hit the S Chocolat, which is like Kylie's favorite yes, little shop. But the, yes. there was an old guy that used to work there, and uh, I think she had the crush on the old man, and he has retired. I, I it was is actually. It, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, was it Damien? Yep, Damien. That's it. <laughs> I, it's going to so be like, funny that you know Damien. Well, he used to be a chef out at, he was my first boss. Oh, really? Yep. He was the chef out at Sleeping Lady, which a little Leavenworth history for you. The Sleeping Lady is owned by, it's a huge resort outside of town, um, like Granola Resort, owned by a lady who used to own King Five. And so he was her personal like news, chef. King Five News? News, okay. King Five wow. News. So she's like super wealthy. No one knows who she is, but she like lives in this little tiny spot. But Damien was the chef. And then he retired and did Chocolat. And then he retired and gave it to one of the girls I went okay. to high school with. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So. so we walked up and it was uh, it was a younger guy. And Kylie was so disappointed that Damien was there. Oh, we didn't know his name. I love it. And uh, so we said, hey, it, there's an old guy that used to work here. Is he still around? And he goes, sadly, he is no longer with us. And Kylie and I like looked at each other like, oh, wow. And he's like. He's just in Canada. I'm sorry. The way I said that made that sound like he passed away. No, no, no. He, he retired and moved to Canada. And we're like, yes. yeah, dude, you need to work on your language, buddy. <laughs> sadly, you prefaced it with sadly he's no longer with us. They got a gold mine, though, because he just taught them all their way, all his ways, and yeah. they've gotten to keep the chocolate shop. But he had a great personality. And this oh, new guy was yes. fine, too. But He was a great boss. It was. Uh, that's funny. Oh, I'll have unique. to tell Kylie. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, so we did that. We hit up a, a, a coffee shop, J5. 
You familiar? I'm gonna sound like I'm you like, oh, them. I know yeah, them. Totally oh, know I know them. them. Yes, the um, so her, they grew up there. So yes, I know them. I had the best chai tea I've they're ever awesome. had in my life. They're great people, and they're actually great business. They started super, super small, like just bought a small espresso and just sold beans, and then have continually gotten better and better and done more and more. They're they sold a, great a chai tea story. called Five Sparrows out of you. Out of, they're out of Kalispell, Montana. Oh, you know I've never too? had their chai tea. Oh, come on, no. you know they're yeah, their their daughter was in your wedding. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> well, so their sister was in my sister's wedding. So, five Sparrows? No. Oh, the crowd did. No, no, I don't know You're Five Sparrows. Okay. No, I don't know Five yeah, Sparrows. Yeah, Kalispell, Montana. Oh, Flathead so there Lake. was a different place. So I don't no, know. No, that they place. just got their chai tea oh, from there. Gotcha. Right. They, yes. So they bought it from there, and I was yes, like, I tasted this chai tea, and I was like. How is this Christmas in a cup? What did what did you do? What kind yes. of drugs are in this? Well, because and they're like it's sugar free. It's stevia. Oh, and I was like, I am so sold right now. You would love those people. Like, really? they, yes, he used to be a uh, principal and uh, at a Christian school in Wenatchee, and then they he finally quit his job when they were able to make us successful. Yeah, they got the they got a second shop now, like mm-hmm. on the main drag, because the yes. fr- the one that we've. We've been to this one before, like, I don't know, three or four years ago. On the and side streets. On the side streets that, you, you know, nobody ever goes down. <laughs> the slums. Yeah, the, the slums of Leavenworth. <laughs> Not on Front Street. I wonder what the rent, like, how much <laughs> exponentially more it is to be on that main, like, what do you call that? The loop? Well, the, I f- whatever, I, the horseshoe? If anyone from Leavenworth listen, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, you're telling all the secrets. Like, five families own the buildings in Front Street. Okay. So Front Street. Okay. Yes. That's and so it does get kind of um competitive. Competitive where like one family has just decided they're gonna own all the shops and build all their own shops. Um and so it's it's so much more expensive. But yeah. less if your family owns like Gingerbread Factory is yeah. now on Front Street because their family Kylie owns, loved it. It was like yes, a little gingerbread house. But they own that building. Ah, okay. And they used to be on the side street, and then they kicked whoever – it was actually friends of ours – kicked their business out and brought in the Gingerbread Factory because oh. their kids are old enough now to have their own business. and Leavenworth yes, drama, baby. Yes, Leavenworth drama. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. I'm not naming names. Because we walked into that place, and we're like, this is like a new – It's had, really cool. Yeah. They've done a great job. Yeah. It, it was it was oh. awesome. We had we had a just a, a great time and little bookstores and little the hat shop. You got to at least yep. poke your head. Never buy anything, but you just poke your head in the yeah, hat shop. Take a picture. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, good times. I, I mentioned all that. I mean, the border street was a, a lot more. We <laughs> we actually did do <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of work and and uh, and uh, dreaming up for the the next season. But uh, anyways, yeah, it, it's good stuff. So. Uh, good. All right. Let's jump into our uh, the, the point of this podcast, which is yes. a recap podcast from what we talked about on Sunday. It is meant for somebody who either was there or, you know, listens online or watches online and goes, I just need a little bit more to chew on. Let's let's make this a little bit more practical. I love having an extra voice in here to make the, it more dialogue than monologue because you don't want to hear me recap what I said. But we like the feedback of, A, things that I may have cut or just skipped or done, whatever, and then also... Um, Mallory's thoughts on it, which helps as well. So um, the idea, whole premise of, of the thing was, again, we're looking at the different signs that Jesus, uh, that John talks about, that Jesus did in terms of miracles, not acts of kindness, but things that pointed towards his identity as to who he was and kind of helped solidify for John um, his perception of what Jesus meant to him and, and who he was and, and outright and forward about how I wrote all these so that you would come to the same conclusion that I did about who he was. And they, they varied across the board. And this one is the healing of the blind man, uh, blind man, man, I said man, I added a D to the end. It shouldn't be. It's just a man. Um, 
And uh, if you remember the scenario, he spits in the in the ground, makes mud, puts it on his eyes, and he goes and washes. But there's like drama involved in when he did it and how he did it, and the Pharisees and, and their comments to questioning the guy. And and it was really came down to a question of belief at the very end. And I'm just a quick summary. The, the the question of belief is, or the big point of of the thing is, they kept asking this guy, "Who was he? What did he do to you? How did how did this happen? Explain explain this healing and this miracle. Were you actually blind from birth, or was this a big long joke?" And the guy's going, I don't know. I, I don't know much, man. I, I don't understand how he did it. I don't even know who the guy is. But here's what I do know. I was blind, and now I see. And the concept being, you don't have to understand everything to believe something. To believe something, I got to go off something. And uh, that's that's very true uh, throughout history. I, I think that's very true in each of each and every single one of our lives. And, and some of us may know more about kind of uh, faith or, or, or more, you know, been around Christianity longer or went to school for this kind of thing or whatever, but it's still, there's so much that's still unknown that you just choose to have um, uh, not blind faith, but you choose to, to believe in something, even if you don't understand everything. So did I summarize that about yeah. right? Yes. Right. I think I took a lot very similarly in the um, summary, but that, uh, it reminded me of childlike faith. When you're told these stories as a kid, you hear these stories and you believe them. You're told this story in Sunday school and you hear the story that Jesus healed a blind man and that's amazing and that's why we love Jesus and <laughs> amen and you pray. And Another great story that teaches well the kids, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, and how do you then take that into adulthood? Now, you you know, we have multiple ways that people have come to faith, whether it be hearing all those Sunday school um, lessons or hearing it as an adult. And so I was kind of trying to put myself in to someone's face that did not hear those as a kid, because I think I heard those as a kid and I believed. And then the older I've gotten, I've just still continued to choose to believe. And I think you do have to just make the choice to say, I'm choosing to believe, even though I don't know everything. And just the day before I was with my mom and my mom was here at service. There was a rainbow. I don't know if you're in Tri-Cities on a Saturday, there's beautiful rainbow. And I thought, I told my mom, I go, sometimes there's those kind of signs that I'm like, I just, it makes me believe because I see that, like I see that. And I'm like, who can think up a rainbow with all those colors? And you watch, I watched my daughter look at it and just in awe, and, you know, she picked out all the colors and I just look at those kind of things and think I, I, I choose to believe because that, cause I don't understand that. Yeah. And I know that there's someone bigger figuring all that out for me and I I don't care to understand it all and then hearing this just kind of solidified but then putting myself in someone else's space who did not grow up hearing any of that I think the not having to know everything to believe something is a big step yeah and I think uh, we do this uh on a non-religious level a ton when you're growing up like you hear these stories, you go to biology class or whatever, and, and people are like, your body is amazing. Like, you don't have to understand how this works to be like, that's just freaking amazing. That, mm -hmm. uh, like, I mentioned the regeneration piece of it. Like, there's so many times you go to the hospital, and they're like, they just patch it up, and they're like, it's okay. The, just give it some time. Time right. and elevation and ice and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, time? Like, nothing I own gets better the longer <laughs> that I own it. Everything right. I own gets worse. Right. I mean, my car gets worse. The, this theater that we're in gets worse every single year that we're in this thing. Uh, and yet the body like weirdly doesn't. I mean, I know eventually that you die, but like for the most part, like it's like this weird, crazy process. And, and I know that, you know, you, you talk to somebody and they'll be like, they'll have the knowledge to be like, well, the reason that the rainbow exists because light refracts off to right. different levels, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, 
yeah, but that's still pretty cool, man. You know, right, <laughs> I mean, right, exactly. Why does it do that? Um, so I, I, it's tough. So I, I did mention uh, early on in the talk about Jesus' disciples coming to him, looking at this this blind man and saying, "Hey, so explain why he was born uh, born blind? Is it because he sinned or his mother sinned?" And then there's like this whole disposition on um, on somebody's uh, sins versus the reason for the concept, like the, or the, the pain and suffering that people are going through in life with the causation of sin. Is it caused by sin? Is it a, a ramification of it? Is it, and, and I think sometimes people and think it's like, a, maybe it's not directly involved. Like I didn't sin and then this happened, but like, because I'm a sinner, this happened or because, you know, and the, like the time span is a little bit longer in this. And Jesus kind of shows this off as kind of an immaturity of faith almost going, um, neither this man, like this is not a, when it's not obvious, when the consequences aren't obvious, this is just a, a, a broken world, which I, which I know is uh, a way of saying sin is in the world, and so therefore it is still the cause of sin. But it, but it's not re- a result of decisive action. It wasn't a poor decisive choice that led that led to this uh, consequence of of pain and suffering, um, uh, which I think is a good. I think that um, I think that we. Uh, have all gone through seasons of our faith, especially probably when it's kind of new, whether we're young in like high school and we just grew up in the church or you can, you know, like begin to believe later in life. And, and yet at a stage we, we think, we think that um, when things are going bad, we do an introspective look when we're, when we feel unlucky, we're like, what did I do? What am I not doing right? What am I, what am I not, uh, um, uh, Am I, how am I not making God happy with me? Maybe he's angry with me. Maybe that's why these things are happening. That's Maybe that's why my, my mom has cancer. This Maybe something happened. That, and we try and, and it's like so natural. It's so um, we're trying to do something to appease God. I remember watching a, uh, a uh, Rob Bell teaching on the gods must be angry did you ever watch that no okay so he did like lectures and would film them be like church but on steroids like because they'd be like an hour and a half long 90 minutes and he's just like uh, a world-class communicator and he he like built this altar on the stage and would talk about how the gods must be angry and how um in the old testament the reason the sacrificial system is in place is because it, it matched what was around at that time like they didn't know what gods existed and so they must be angry with us so therefore we're going to sacrifice animals. We're going to do this. It's some religions. We're going to sacrifice our own children to try and appease something that exists out there. Are you happy with me now that I've punished myself? So it's like it's in us. Like it's in our innate nature to feel like um, if something as bad is happening, it somehow must be my fault. Right. And or if like thinking of a more practical example, like if you – hurt someone, like you are um, hurtful to a friend or a spouse, you want to do something to make up for it. You want to say like, I did this. So I, we relate it to what humans are. We relate God to a human person. And, and it is hard to look at God as an unhuman person that, that there was nothing you did for God, for this to happen. God is not retaliating against you. Right. Where like, in the world, retaliation, so retaliation happens all the time, right. and so you—it's really hard to say These it doesn't happen. Them at Leavenworth store, yeah, and then, that was retaliation. Yeah. 
Because we and want so, this. You're right. right. And so they don't eat the gingerbread factory cookies yeah, anymore, yeah. even though they tell they're their friends, so good. Nobody <laughs> eats the gingerbread factory. You hear me? Oh, I didn't name any names, but they are my old neighbors that used to be in the store. <laughs> but yes, so it's like retaliation. You feel it's hard to imagine that he's not retaliating. That's what you have to get past. That yeah. I did not get cancer because I wasn't a Christian for the first 25 years of my life. I did not have a child die. I mean, those things that it actually saying that too reminded me of a series that was really popular years ago. You did what is the dumb things Christians say. And one of those things is like, if your child dies or something happens, someone says, Oh, everything happens for a reason. And like, Nope, no reason. Like nothing you did like made your child get sick. Nothing. There was nothing that you did. There's nothing these people did to make their child blind. And I think the reason we want it to be true is because we want the opposite to be true, mm-hmm. which is if, <laughs> right, I if do you do good, good, you reward me with good things. Now yes. I understand that I have to take the bad with the good. So if I do bad things, you're going to give me bad mm-hmm. things. And so we, we so desperately want that version of a God that we're willing to put up with if I do bad things, I, that's what I should expect, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, if you, uh, um, if you make poor life decisions, there are basic consequences for actions. Like there's, it's not a denial. I, I, I understand that, but there's, when it's not obvious, it's, there's no correlation. So yeah, I, I, if you're listening to this and, and this was the piece of the, the talk that kind of stood out to you as most interesting and, and deserving of more work. Um, I have a copy of that DVD of, uh, Rob Bell, but then you can also, I think find it on Amazon or whatever, um, called the gods must be angry probably like 2000 and something ish eight maybe something like that is when it when it came out um and super good he also did one called everything is spiritual which i really liked um so anyways a couple of couple of resources for you to kind of expand upon that so what else you got on there the other thing you, you took good notes this week look you at know. you well and my mom was there to hold kate the whole time too which she was pumped Oh, because yeah. yeah, she got and she was like, "Oh, I told her that I was doing this podcast." She goes, "Oh, so you better take notes." I was like, "Thanks, mom. Like, I will, like, I'll become you. prepared." Yeah, um, always watching out for the you. willful blind fit, willful blindness that you brought up at the end. I think is something that just happens all the time. That we are, we choose when we're when our blindness is that we're going to be blind, and we choose when we don't want to be. So the willful part of it. I think is something that I will chew on for a while. Yeah. I, I thought that that was a, uh, a, an important piece that was a challenge for both people who people of faith and people who don't adhere to any faith. Um, uh, because this is just an arena of our life that, uh, we, we do this a lot. Just, I don't want to look, I know it's probably there and, uh, it's easier for me to engage in just kind of status quo, keep that going on and, and, Good. So, and choose to take that willful blindness. The point that you had made was to be selfless in how we love others, be humble in how we, you know, live our lives, and that that like choosing to be willfully blind about it is okay if our lives reflect Jesus's love, and that that's what others are seeing, rather than you know this is what you should believe and this is why you should believe it. Like, just you don't need to try and convince someone. Like, just show them and how you live your life. I just finished a book called Anti-Fragile by Nicholas Nassim Taleb, um, which is a book I started like months ago. And it's just been it's it's a five star book for me. But it's one of those books that you just have to you can't read through it fast. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's shameful how long it took me to finish it. Uh, but towards the end, he goes through this concept of skin in the game, which 
Actually, is his next book that apparently he thought, and I thought the same thing too. That was probably the best part of his book, and he probably thought this deserves an entire book upon itself, and that one just came out. But, um, and the idea was um, in uh, markets because it's it's not a religious book, but um, in markets, um, never trust somebody's uh, financial advice. Um, ask for their portfolio to see what they actually are doing. Don't mm-hmm. tell them what stocks are you interested in. What's what are you currently holding? And what are you currently <laughs> what you doing? Um, because um, that's what 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 truly is there. And this idea of of, of willful blindness kind of came out from um, this in terms of we can say we're one thing, but if we're not actually doing it with our actions, then is that something that we genuinely believe? Because you would be doing this. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just, it was insightful. There, there's more, there's more there. And he, it was the confirmation bias, um, of when you get your heart set on, this is an investment that's going to be a win. You only read articles that say this is going to be a win. And, and then when you argue, you have all kinds of points for this. Um, uh, and then you refuse to kind of some, at some point you dig yourself so deep into a hole that you're not really, um, you don't open yourself up to, uh, what about this or what about this or, or other avenues? There's always going to be risks involved in these two things. And if you're like, this is definitely, um, the, the, the way to go, then, you know, then I guess he would say, put, jump in and do this thing. But like, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's. The confirmation bias is is ever present, and it shows up in in how you uh, how you get your news, what shows you watch, um, uh, how you invest financially, and how you believe theologically uh, and in faith stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Confirmation bias is something I have thought of more as I've gotten older because you are more aware of when you have children what how you do what you choose to let them watch, choose to do all of those things. You're, you're putting that bias on them. So you want to make, you know, you're way more aware of those things. I think about this too, when people come up to me and they want to ask me what my theological position is regarding a certain thing, like anything Mm -hmm. that's, that falls for us in the opinion of category, right? Or I mean a category of opinion. Um, And I always tell them well, I'm willing to tell you kind of what I believe, but just know that this is going to be on a personal level, not necessarily what the church believes or the, like the church, like, cause I think that sometimes the people have thought, um, you know, a pastor's position must line up with exactly with the right. church as it's run. And, and I don't think that is true. Um, cause I think the church can be general about a lot of things and, and mm-hmm. yet leave freedom to the pastors to be able to be like, still you get to vote so i right <laughs> you know what i mean right um so anyways so when it comes to opinion pieces i'm always telling them um hey here's my opinion but but uh we we've tried to create enough safe of a, of a space where people can be on both sides of this thing and you you don't want to attend a church i don't think you do that is all we're all on the same page on terms of opinion um because unfortunately for that uh or or you don't or you want me to take a more firm stance on opinion this is probably where it comes down to um, Brent, what's your opinion on this? The, it's this. Well, it doesn't feel like that when you're talking. So you want me to make an opinion more hardcore and to the exclusion of people who are on the other side of the opinion, which means that people who disagree with us on this don't come because of confirmation bias. And then we only surround ourselves with people who vote the same as us, look the same as us, believe the same things about all these different range of topics as us. Right, and that's what because we talked about Because it's safer, last week. it's more comfortable. Yes. Right. But that's just confirmation bias. Like, mm-hmm. 
we don't want to be around people who challenge our opinion in that way. <laughs> right. Because um, it's uncomfortable. Like it is, it's way it is. more comfortable to be around people that think the same. <laughs> yeah. And and it's not like it's not on uh neutral emotive topics either. Like you can really have a strong opinion on something and really truly believe in it for like lots of good reasons. And then they do too. You know what I mean? Um, I like having the variety and I, I want a church. I want to surround myself in community with people who the commonality is love and, you know, respect and all of the fruits of the spirit, gentleness, patience, all that kind of thing. Um, but challenges me to think differently than I currently do. Not that I, so that I'll change my mind and think like them, but that I uh, humanizes that story and realizes there's a lot of different options out there. And when so. we say you, we want you to be able to invite your friend, everyone's friend. Yeah. <laughs> so not just Mallory's friend, not just Brent's friend, not like, just your Democrat friends. <laughs> yeah. Every friend, <laughs> right. like we want everyone to be able to invite every friend that yeah. they feel comfortable. And so what that looks like for Eastlake is different than many churches yeah. because we want everyone to feel welcome. Yeah. And uh, let's pull that out of the organizational realm. I want to be the type of person who doesn't operate on a, on a confirmation bias too. Like I want to be that type of person that has friends of all, like a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just people wanna... that went to UW. We want we uh, want yeah, to be friends them. with them. I guess. I'm sorry about your loss this weekend. It's really really <laughs> uh, bad. But oh, you don't have an HBO special on you like WSU. Yeah, did you see I, that? No, is it? I, I don't think it's dropped I think yet. It's, I don't think it's dropped. Yeah, but I, I saw it on coming. the news. Actually, I was going to mm -hmm. be part of my say something interesting. Leech. So yeah, I, I'm mm -hmm. I'm super oh, excited for that. Nice. But um, all right. So speaking of which, we should okay. jump into that. Do you want me to go first because of that? Sure. Um, so uh, HBO Sports is doing a. It's called Twenty Four Seven. It's a basically hard knocks, but college football version of it. And so if you're not familiar with hard knocks, they go to the training camp of one different sports team uh, every year. And there's qualifications for who it can be. Like it can't be somebody who made the playoffs last year. It can't be somebody with a new coach this year. So this year was the, the Oakland Raiders and there's drama with, uh, you know, Antonio Brown and it made for a great show. It was, it's, and it's one of Kylie and I's favorite shows. Well, then they decided we're going to do this for college football version, but instead of like, there's no training camp for, um, well, I mean, I guess there's like, there is some sort of, anyways, there's no cuts like that. So uh, we're going to follow college football around, but it's going to be one week leading up to a very, very big game. Um, and so I watched the first two episodes, uh, which was uh, Florida and uh, Arizona State. And that might have been first and third. Anyways, I've watched those two. Uh, and, but they're leading up to, I think it's this week they're filming mm -hmm. um, Wazoo. Uh, and, and unfortunately, Wazoo's lost like two out of their last three. And um, it's, it's kind of a bummer. But they got um, Oregon coming to town this weekend. Who, who is it? Is it Oregon? I think. I think they haven't played Oregon yet, so. It's it's a big game coming into Pullman, and they're going to be kind of filming them. And Leach is great for like clips all the time. He's so and so, great. can you imagine a camera on him like uh, most of the day, all of those uh, days? No, uh, he loves the camera, and and loves that's it. for sure why they picked him. Because I don't think they go, hey, you know who's going to be really really good this year? Washington State. Like we lost our quarterback. Like we mm. weren't. We there, this is not going to be a great year, a rebuilding year or whatever. But Leach is just pure gold in this way, and so mm -hmm. I'm sure my my thought is it's probably going to be the most watched of the four 24 sevens, especially um, with them having College Game Day last year, and they did such a good job of like hyping up oh, Coleman. Dude, College Game Day I that mean, was a home run for yes. them. That was the best Coleman College is Game like Day the, in like absolutely. seven years. Yes, and I'm not even a huge college football fan, but yeah. Anyways, right. 
Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to watch that one. That'll be fun. It, it'll be fun. I always love watching TV when there's places that you've been to Definitely. as well because you're like, oh, that's Butchery's. I know that. Oh, that's this, you know, yes. or um, uh, what's the – what's the that's not Butchery's. What's the grocery store there that's – Oh. Um, I'm missing it, but I know – I'm. Dismores. 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 I was like, Thank oh, my you. gosh. I'm that's Dismores. Not going to be that's a true coup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, mine has nothing to do with – I actually, like, thought – more deeper into my um say something interesting so alex has been fishing i have to look at my source to make sure i'm saying it right but alex has been fishing on his so they have like his family's really into doing joint projects so they have a joint boat that they all share oh good and cool. like work on it together they like putting new that's mothers the way on to it. own a boat man it is Jeez. because it's Smart. all used yeah. yeah we have it at our house because we're closest to the boat Whatever. launch and so they've been fishing he has been very Alex is a rule follower, so on FMLA, just in case anyone from Cascades listening, he'll only go fishing after three thirty or if someone's with me. It's like a rule follower that like if I'm on FMLA, I can't be like fishing during the day even though like the kids are sleeping. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Because I'm pretty independent. I'm like, you're fine, like they're all sleeping, you're good. But yeah. he so he's been selective on his times, but he's done very good fishing. He's limited out almost every time on really? salmon. Yes. They're killing it, huh? And I've learned, I've tried to be like a good wife and learn a little bit more about um, the difference. I might be doing a little fourth grade science here, but he's been saying like, oh, we got two jacks and yeah. an adult. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, I learned like. How did you know the fish's name? Yeah. Right. How do you know that? <laughs> and Why is so, it not John? Right. And so I learned that the jack is the male fish that hasn't gone through enough season so it's smaller yep and so they've enjoyed being able to and what type of fish it's typically chinook but you can in uh winter he'll they'll fish for steelhead but it ends on the 31st so that's yep. why they were like really trying to get their boat ready to be able to go so if you're interested in salmon fishing you have till the 31st for this season yeah and, and we live in a unique area because they closed almost mm-hmm. the entire columbia river except for from the Blue yes. Bridge up through the Hanford Reach. So yes. it's funny because when the, and that was like a, a out-of-the-blue closure that they weren't expecting. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the people who typically fish a little further south are now driving up to Tri-Cities to launch and go in here. So it's a little crowded with a little bit of out, out-of-towners. But, yeah. Yes, and then the last fun fact, if you ever go fishing with someone, don't ever share where they go fishing. I learned that when I first was dating Alex. Yeah. We were with friends, and he took me fishing. And then the next week I'm like, why don't we go over to that spot? And I was like, Mallory, you don't share where we go fishing, like the exact <laughs> yeah. spot. And I'm like, well, there's not many spots on the river where we can go. And I said, okay, I, I learned because I'm, again, such a talker. And Alex, you know, yeah. fishing's a quiet, it's a so quiet where exactly sport. Is he going fishing? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, really close to our house. He hasn't had to go far. He's been super successful awesome. to just go for like an hour or two and come back. And so. Well, uh, you take bananas on the boat when you go. No, I did know that. Well, and you wouldn't like that either. No, hate I hate bananas. bananas. But um, but that's a thing. Brent offered some homebrew to us, so we'll have to switch and give him because we have tons of salmon now that he's Oh, that's played. a great that's trade. A great trade. I'm so <laughs> in on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Good. That's my... Awesome. All right. Uh, real quick before we leave, oh, little yes, parent the corner. Kid, yes. Yes. Kid corner. Uh, so kid corner. Uh, <laughs> a new addition to the podcast because now. Uh, this was this was awkward to do with Margo and Megan because no kids yet, and I, so I just felt weird talking about my kids all the time. But like we're both parents, and right. so it's you know, if, if you, hey, listen, if you like, oh God, it's parents talking about kids again. You can feel free to shut the podcast right. off. Um, but if you there, we have now like little human beings in our home who are like stretching the boundaries, testing us. And there's just humor involved in all of that. And so 
uh, our thought is just to close it out um, uh, every week with a little bit of Great. here's what's happening with our in our in our lives with our kids. So um, today, Kylie goes, "Hey, did you have you seen uh, our our back patio out the dog door?" And I, I said, "No." And apparently, Clive has been taking um, all kind. We have a little dog door that the dogs can come in and out of. And he has been taking any object that he can get his hands on and just shoving it through the dog door onto the other side. And so we go out, th- out there this morning and there is like all of our we have like coupons in a coupon drawer and like gift certificates. And I don't know, like uh, like dental floss and pens and everything. Everything is outside. The drawer is completely empty. And uh, if he could fit through that door, I'm sure he would go through that door. But he just sticks both hands through and drops it out there. And I'm sure the dogs are like, because we have a blind dog too, right? right. So she's like, what is going on with this thing? Oh, so little sucker. Uh, now Kinsley, anything that's lost is, yeah, I got to look. That's my first place to go look. Kinsley can go through the dog door. So maybe she needs to hang out with Clyde because oh. she will go through the dog door. And, well, you and, have a big dog. See, our uh, dog door is oh, like small. for cats. Like oh, yes. our little fat dash oh, on Genevieve. So Clive needs to come have a play like, date. He's going to be pumped. as she goes through. <laughs> Yeah, so my little kid corner is just like figuring out how to parent together because Alex and I have been for four weeks together parenting Kinsley. I mean, Cade's been easy. He sleeps and eats. But it's been Kinsley is in a just a toddler phase. She's super smart. So she is super manipulative, too. And we've been eating and she or she's been we potty trained her. So she's potty trained and it's been like this huge success with both of us. But she has been calling Alex gave her whipped cream for like going to the bathroom and I wasn't doing that. I was just like, yay, good job. You did it. Right. Not giving rewards, but she has jokingly been calling it sour cream, but she knows it's whipped cream. And so she's a good talker. Yeah. She knows the difference. And so we were out the other day at Fred Meyer and they're both white. So like, I get what she's she's like, I just want that. Yeah. We were out the other day and she had to go potty and we're at Fred Meyer. She goes, store doesn't have sour cream i'm like nope it doesn't so now i've just been secretly telling her it doesn't have it and then when alex is around he chooses it but on a like good note like we have gotten better at being together with parenting because it's hard to parent a two-year-old you just can get frustrated easily and like you give different directions to her i kind of let her do a little bit more than alex does like he's a little more firm and so we've been learning yeah. together yeah but yeah so if you see kinsley you can be like do you want any sour cream and she'll be pumped yeah that's awesome <laughs> she's such a good talker it blows my mind because clive right now will just be like blah, 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 blah. and he thinks he's talking to me and then i went up to her on sunday and i said where's mommy or no i said where's baby Cade?" and she goes he's mommy he's mommy <laughs> mommy. He's mommy we've been lucky she hasn't cared when she goes to bed that Cade's with us yeah i've been thankful She's still little that she doesn't fully understand. Yeah. Um, that like he gets to stay up two hours later than you. Night night, Kinsley. Time for bed. <laughs> That's awesome. So thanks for listening to our kids' yep, corner, yep, people. Yeah, just a couple proud parents over here. I thought about yep. calling this section the kids are the worst. <laughs> oh, that's a good I one. Always, we could call it that. We, we might change it to that. Yes, we'll see. Kids Depending are the on worst. like today's we're both like, ah. Yeah. I mean, cute. I cleaned up the you know, but it could I be worse. <laughs> right. We cleaned up the outside, it only took thirty minutes. But uh, you know, when he starts throwing towels, like literally bath towels into the toilet, uh, then that's like the, that's kids are the worst. Yes. So probably depending on the severity of the story, it's either kid corner. Or kids, are the, kids worst. are the worst. And then you can tell by our introduction to the topic which direction we're headed Love that it. day. Sound good? Yes. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. Bye.